0: Day nerds! This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina conversation. Um, today's chat is with Paula Garan welcoming her back for the third time. Uh, the two previous times she was on the show was uh, where she was talking about her collections of the year's best dark fantasy and horror, both volumes one and, and two and um this time she we're talking about a new project for her kind of she's still collecting and, and producing an anthology but now this time it's just fantasy so it was really interesting to kind of just pick her brain and learn what those that experience was like for her of you know similarities and differences in between the dark fantasy and fantasy genre and as always we're chatted about what she has next going on but yes without further ado here is paula we are here with Paula Garand. She's joining us for a third time. Uh, today's Cantina Conversation. Uh, we're talking about her newest anthology, The Year's Best Fantasy, Volume 1, that is coming out on wait August 16th.
1: I think so. I think sixteenth. I, I
0: think yeah. it be no, earlier, but I think it's in was... my it's in my notes.
1: Somewhere. Well, it's it skipped <laughs> it a couple of times, so oh, it's okay. in August.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's August sixteenth. So we'll we'll do that. Uh, thank you, thank you, Paula, for meeting with us today. Um, you know, and I know it's the end of the week, the end of the day, and you know, this is um, but this is the third time. Like I was saying before, we're we're treading on very familiar territory with each other. So I'm excited to dive dive into this uh, new newer little project for you.
1: Well, great. Thank you. Like I said, very comfortable with you. And I know you read the story. So that's always good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's always helpful, for sure. Um, So if you want, before we get started, to give like a little summary of um, this newest volume that you've got going on here so that readers can kind of, you know, follow along with the conversation.
1: It's a it's a compilation of short stories, in mostly from uh, the previous year from last year, because obviously, I can't project ahead and read into the future. Uh, and of course, any kind of a year's best is I always kind of qualify that because obviously, you can't read everything that's out there. And oft- often, you know, you, you even miss things. But uh, it is, it's, at least we, it's, it's a bunch of good stories that were published last year. And this one is uh, in particular fantasy. In the past, I've done uh, dark fantasy and horror but this is fantasy and so it's a little different for what I think people have expected from me in this line because it it does come from a tradition one reason that I wanted to do it was because there hasn't been a year's best fantasy with just fantasy for quite a while now Mm. and I felt that particularly now it's just such a great area I wanted to see that you know people realize you know what good stuff was out there in this field And so I was very, very grateful that I said, hey, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll do that. So we'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely a change of pace for you. So um, as, you know, people who are familiar with your work, they know that you gear towards the dark fantasy, the horror, all like the eerie, spooky stuff, um, and which is all still very, very entertaining, a little eerie, uh, but yeah, it's very enjoyable, at least for me. Um, so what gave you the idea to kind of piggybacking off of your little summary? What gave you the idea to kind of embark on like switching gears over this uh, genre?
1: You know, I, years and years and years and years ago, uh, I, I just kind of fell into horror. I mean, you know, it's not that I, I disliked it, but it was a, an area that I really, I wasn't a big horror reader or horror fan. I just kind of fell into it because I found all this new, exciting stuff back in the mid-90s that, you know, was so cool. And it just kind of happened. That doesn't mean that, you know, it was my particular favorite as a reader then. And and honestly, really, I was more of a science fiction and fantasy reader in those days, Mm -hmm. you know. So just over the years, you know, you develop an expertise and, and definitely that served me well. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't also reading the other stuff the whole time. And especially fantasy, because I think that um, uh, fantasy has gone such interesting, neat ways in the last couple of decades. Uh, you know, it's definitely not, you know, elves and trolls and, and you know, <laughs> things like that anymore. And, um, I have done so many um, fairy tale related things, uh, whether, you know, dark, light, medium, whatever. And there's so much great fantasy that's, you know, working with that mode these days. So it's something that I definitely have always kept up in and I just kept, you know, I love to do things like this. I have done, I did do a, a, a year's best novellas in science fiction and fantasy for a couple of years. So I did get to do that. And then a lot of the anthologies I've done. This is my 50th, by the way, my 50th anthology. Hi, congrats. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. I feel very <laughs> proud of myself. Yeah. Um, it's, it's uh, I have done quite a bit of fantasy along the way, you know, so, uh, you know, it's it's not really super new for me, but it is at least, I think most people perceive me as you know, being on the dark side. Um, But it's definitely an interest of mine. And and like I said, it was really great to, you know, just be able to dive in because every year it's like, you know, you you read stories and, and, you know, I read so much and plus working for Locus, I'm on the Locus, we have a Locus, you know, recommendations. So we all read lots of things that that doesn't mean that we particularly review them, but we are Mm. recommending and speaking back and forth in that manner. And so, you know, I would read stories and go, oh man, is that dark enough? You know, can I I get that one? It's not quite dark enough or, you know, things along those lines. And so, so this really gave me a chance to pick up. And some of these stories I had reviewed because I don't just review dark stuff. I just, you know, I just review short stuff. And so I was going, yay, because there are stories that you just fall in love with and Mm -hmm. here's a chance to showcase them and And in some cases, so much good stuff's just online these days. So even Mm -hmm. though it's a notable story or something that's won an award, sometimes this is the first time it's in print, you know, and that kind of makes the, that makes the authors a little happy. Sometimes it's just like, Wow. I mean, it was wonderful. I know a couple of these stories have won awards, but this is the first time they're actually, you know, on a printed page.
0: Oh, like kind of like awards. featured in something else kind of thing? Or? Well, like,
1: like, for instance, uh, the, the first story, Fran Wilde's story was, uh, it was just online. And I think eventually that it's in, in in Uncanny. And I think eventually they do a print like best of Uncanny eventually. Okay, I know that. Um, So, you know, some of them will, but I, in other cases, a lot of these, uh, there's, you know, several that, that, Probably wouldn't see print unless they did get mm. printed one way or another. So that's kind of neat too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it just was a real opportunity to take some stories that I really wanted people to read and say, "Hey, here you go."
0: Yeah, package. Bye. Yeah. So did so did you have to like pitch this new idea or new ish idea um, to get it published? Like, how did that process go?
1: Yeah. Um. I had, in fact, my contract for this is my third year with with the new with the new publisher on uh, years. I'm waiting to hear, fingers crossed, if Mm -hmm. we keep going with that. And they hadn't really said, hey, we want something else. But I mean, they were very much open to other ideas and wanted to hear some other ideas, you know, that they they could bear the weight of two things, maybe from me a year. (laughs) Uh, and, And really, I was kind of tossing ideas around with a friend and this, the idea of, hey, you know, there really hasn't been anything, you know, for quite a few years that just focus on fantasy. And uh, at least one of the science fiction fantasy anthologies has unfortunately dropped by the wayside. So there was yet another venue that was then closed where you could get some of that recognition. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I said, plus, you know, we were talking about all this great stuff we did like in fantasy. And so it was. I said, hey, you know, I'll try it. I'm not sure that that Renee would be that interested in another year's best series from me, but you know, we'll give it a try. <laughs> and so and, and luckily she was delighted with it and her boss was delighted with it. So there we go. So awesome. it was just it was very lucky. I you know that like I said, it was kind of looking for an idea and this one worked. So it's it's been really fun to work on it.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. That's I love that, you know, that's just you had they probably had the confidence in you to begin with because you were Yeah, so I mean I already had a
1: proven track record. That definitely had people it's funny because people will say, "Well, how do you get these? Well, like I said, this is my fiftieth, and so people know that I can must be doing something
0: yeah. you know, <laughs> right, you know?
1: uh, so and and I think uh the marketing i i don't I, I don't really know, I'm just guessing, but I kind of think this is some place on an anthology where it's a year's best like this. number one, they're always I think libraries like these type of things. they're always mm. a good library buy, so that's a nice, solid. You know, place there. But another thing I think with the ebooks that you, you know, when you have, although Year's Best Dark Fantasy and Horror is Volume 3, it's really like number 12 or 13 or something. I really have to count. Um, I think they have a life in ebook form where often they don't have that life on the shelf. I'm sure that you can't go out and find on your typical Barnes and Noble shelf year's best fantasy you know uh, 20 whatever it was I mean, it's on the shelf here whatever 20 2010 that was the first one 2010 yeah. <laughs> 2010 uh yeah where are you going to find that i mean you can get it used i'm sure but whereas i think the ebooks continue to sell and i think publishers can recognize that now so that may be part of it but i just like to think it's because i'm wonderful but
0: yeah <laughs> that's probably it <laughs> that's probably really so sure she's great <laughs> By kind of embarking on this new or switching gears to this new genre um, different than what you have been doing in the past, what were kind of like the biggest lessons learned or maybe like the most surprising things that you learned either about yourself or about your process or about, you know, just, just kind of making a shift like that?
1: Well, and, and one shift, which is probably the biggest shift is, is right after I contracted for this, I went back to work full time in an office after 20 plus years of not doing that, yeah. <laughs> of just editing and working from home and all of that. So all of a sudden, ooh, that's been a big challenge the last year, As yeah. even though I've only done two anthologies. And of course, like I say, I review you know, for, for Locus, but boy, it's a different world, girl, let me tell you. <laughs> you know? So that was part of it, just the leisure time to read more leisurely. Mm. I just didn't have any more yeah. it was you know like I said first of all time was a little short because I had like a January 1st deadline mm. and so you know it, it just was it's not like with year's best I mean n- and now I'm in the gear for this but when you first start a new project you're reading constantly if you know you're doing this year after year you know yeah, yeah. Uh, if you suddenly think, oh I'm doing this That was definitely, you know, you had to get I had to get into gear quickly. I had to get into mind what I wanted and and what direction I wanted to go. And I was lucky in that some of the stories in here had already been published. I'd already reviewed them. So I I felt confident of, oh, well, well, you know, that's a good story. This is a good story. Um, You know, I felt like, you know, here's here's a core that I can start with that, that I could go from there. And then just, I, and I think I have not yet accomplished that because even after all of these years doing the other ones, I mean, you keep finding new venues, you keep finding new places, stories are being published. And this year, I think, and I, I, I think I'm right on this. It was just a dearth of fantasy anthologies. There was nothing out there. There just weren't any fantasy themed anthologies that that were, you know, major, huge ones were, you know, it just wasn't kind of an off-year for anthologies that were just fantasy. You know, Mm. there would be science fiction or there would be horror, but where was the fantasy? Whereas the year before (laughs) that, there there had been a couple, you know, that, you know, and so that was also the next thing is I just scrambling to make sure that read as much as I can and find as much as I can and and, uh, you know, I, it's not that I'm, you know, poking into every teeny tiny corner, but I, I do want to feel like I'm covering the field. Let's put it, you know, that adage way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh,
1: so that, that I think was the biggest challenge was, am I getting, you know, the best stuff out there? Am I actually seeing it? On the dark side over here, people do make recommendations. People do know I do that. People, you, you know, you establish it takes years and years and years to establish that, right, but right. of where people do recommend to you or people do say, do you hear this? Do you see this? You know, um, whereas this was, and still, I mean, people, until it comes out, I, you know, people are still unaware of it until it mm. actually's there. there. Um, you know, and, and again, then it takes a few years for people to say, Oh, you're doing this too. So, you know, I, I think that's was the first steps to climb right there was just, you know, getting the stuff, um, I think that was the surprise, maybe, was I don't I don't think, other than, like I said, well, no major anthologies, and that's kind of <laughs> weird, and then secondly, I'm going, like, an awful lot of stuff that, that I do think of fantasy was kind of darker than, you know, you know it, it was a, a mindset, and I'm going, like, oh, well, this is kind of dark, maybe I'll put it over here, and maybe consider yeah. it for this one, and there were several stories of like that, and there were several stories in this that could have gone either way, I mean, there's not just not dark stuff you know but but there's a couple and so it was again i'm going like oh well maybe maybe this is not as much stuff out there as i thought there was and or maybe i it was just looking at things a different way i think part of
0: yeah. it uh, yeah suddenly for instead sure. of
1: saying, okay this is a really good story is it dark enough uh, <laughs> i'm going is this a really good story is it light enough? Yeah.
0: right <laughs> yeah i guess that's the thing is like when you're switching over you gotta you gotta kind of have to define that line like where you've never really had to do that before. Cause you
1: want got
0: to be distinct, like, to be able like to distinguish. You know,
1: different shades of dark instead of, you know, <laughs> is this too shady? I mean, so yes, <laughs> I, 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 you know, and like now when I'm, you know, I'm reading in general or reviewing, I mean, now I've got that kind of division in my brain of, I can put this in the, Oh, maybe this file and mm, maybe this file and, mm-hmm. and some in the middle, you know? But yeah. yeah, I think that was and like I said, short short timeline. It wasn't like I had a full year to develop it and anything. So right. it, it's taken this long to get geared up and and feel like I think I've got I think my handle handle on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of just the next step up for you. It's like you you know you want to still challenge yourself and you want to still explore like other things that you can collect and contribute to the industry. And um, that's fascinating that there's n- there's nothing, there's no anthologies for, or it was really hard for you to find yeah, anthologies. Last year it was, and like I said, fantasy. I mean, when,
1: when going into this and, and proposing it, I mean, there had been several the, the previous year. So I, I don't, you know, you just have off years. You always have. Yeah. Off years. Um, and, and, and some years you have too much material. It's not like there's a vast conspiracy of it's all the publishers in the world get together and decide what to publish this year or not, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you just have off years, you have off years. If, you know, if you're aware, you know, uh, once in a while, I, I know, you know, talking with somebody that's say editing or helping edit a, a science fiction, oh, it's kind of a slow year for science fiction. But gosh, there's a lot of good fantasy Yeah. vice versa. So I think it comes and goes. And I think just, you know, being I think it's just, you know, watching out what's out there is a lot of it. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. So kind of picking backing off of that, what? um Have you noticed like any key like differences between the fantasy and dark fantasy and or even key similarities between the two?
1: I don't think there was a, per se um, uh, like definite themes that I saw so much developing or trends. I did find out when I think I didn't realize it until after I had done both of them and was writing the introduction to the, the dark that I realized that. And I don't know why at first um, I didn't have as a much diverse pool of writers from just ethnic or you know nationality or you know race or whatever it seemed like it was a more but then I said oh wait a minute all those people are in this one and so it seems like the fantasy has really taken off into I, I it just seems like there's a lot of writers who are coming from such diverse backgrounds and bringing great myths or great stories from you know non-Western heritages, you know, into Mm. fantasy, which you can see immediately where that works. And I think I've been working for quite a while in horror because everybody has ghost stories of some form or another. And it's been so great in the last, you know, decade or so that you're seeing different viewpoints, different ideas. It's not just the same old, you know, thing. And I think that was with fantasy. I didn't really realize it until I'm going, wow, that really, that's really a pretty diverse bunch of people I have in that one. So, so I think that was one thing I saw. Maybe is that fantasy has broadened so much, you know, out from what you know that traditional Celtic Western European kind mm-hmm. of thing into so much variety. And I think that was something maybe I knew in the back of my mind, but didn't realize until you're, you know, I don't even know. What gender preferences my authors have until I get their bios from them oh, you know, sure. I, I,
0: you know, some
1: people I know, of course, but you know yeah. it's it's different. I mean, people say, well, you know, how many men and how many women I'm going, I don't know
0: right. you know i
1: it's it's I don't count, and I don't know until they happen to use a pronoun or not, <laughs> and then I sometimes still don't know, so know <laughs> i i I don't keep count, I'm not you know saying, oh well, I've got to tick off you know. This and that, so so I think maybe that's the only general trend. Of course, there's been a huge, and this has been going on for years. The whole fairy tale thing. I think whether it's a dark fairy tale or just a retelling, that's you could almost do a year's best retold fairy tales every year. <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously, there's just yeah. and I've done a couple of of you know fairy tale anthologies or three of them, I guess, uh, and so that's been there for a while. Um, but I just think these, just finding. Maybe as an outgrowth of the the urban fantasy thing too is 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 having the fantasy in not only all of those neat, diverse older mythologies and stories and things like that, but also having it in present day or alternate present day type of worlds instead of used to you know fantasy was kind of confined to well, there was portal fantasy and then there was epic fantasy and then mm-hmm. there you know there there just wasn't that and in the short form that's a real challenge you you can't really do epic fantasy as a short story you know it it's yeah. it just doesn't happen so to find i think that's maybe that that whole urban fantasy thing kind of opened people's mind to more contemporary fantasy of Oh yeah, I I can do a, a, a love story that's set in a modern locale, but where everything's kind of like our world, but there's magic too.
0: Yeah, kind
1: of thing. Which to me is just it is just fun reading. It's good, but I think you, you find people delving into that too, in people who are out of genre but still fantasy. And there's a couple of stories in here that are are more literary feeling than than genre feeling. But again, I just think fantasy's now kind of acceptable, and people are willing to try it. And so that's always good when you get good writers trying new things.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, yeah, an important thing about, you know, the fantasy, it's kind of, you kind of mentioned there are stories that modern, but they got like magic sprinkled in or like magic is just kind of like the main, um, like overarching element. And I think I was having another discussion with another author where it was just, I think that helps the reader relate a little bit more and also kind of. Connect with it a bit more because when I think when you go into fantasy and sci-fi, it might take the reader a little bit to kind of get used to the world that the re- author is built. It especially, it depends on how far out it is. Well, I, I, I'm
1: I'm sure that you were having a, a conversation basically about world building, which is, mm. is you know the essence, especially of science fiction and fantasy. And uh, it's difficult to for no matter what you're doing, you know, a good writer that's a good world builder is you know a good writer yeah. and. Uh, I I think, yeah, having that as, you know, that you're not having to come up with everything from ground, ground zero in a short story of where there, there's a touchstone, a basis of where you can immediately identify. And it doesn't take a, a page or two and you're in that world. It, yeah. it doesn't take, but often, and, and some of these stories, I'm sure reading, you weren't that far into it and where you just immediately picked up on the clues of, oh, okay, that's yeah. the fantasy part of that. And, you know, well, it just as one story that I've read this year, and I, I won't name it because I, I probably definitely would will fi- pick it for next year, but okay. I <laughs> go ahead. Uh, reading the story, there's no fantastic or scientific science fiction element to it until the last sentence. And oh. that last sentence, of course, it was published in a genre publication. So, but if it had been in a literary magazine, you would have just thought, well, here's a slice of contemporary life and be looking at it one way. And, you know, that that here's a person who's perhaps this one character is perhaps delusional and, and whatever. But then at the end you go, OK, <laughs> you know, and and you can do that. I don't think even 10 years ago that that writers felt they could do that of of, you know, just write a story that has an element in it that's, Fantastic or science fiction or whatever, but that's not right up front.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so powerful. That's like so because I, I I imagine that once you get to that last sentence, you're then reflecting and you're like, Everything wait a second. Goes, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's well, and it's just like you say, you relate to if it's a contemporary story, you're relating to the characters and, and mm. you're relating to this person as a person and and this person's interaction with this other person and that's that's the story. It's just rolling along and. Then, at the end, you go ding ding, ding ding, ding. yeah, <laughs> hey, I'll go back and reread this, you know, right, so that's like i said i I think more and more writers are doing that. and I think some I think some of the stories in this i, I they're not quite that blatant, but they're they're subtle. let's say the mm-hmm. the fantasy element is is subtle and in some of them, you maybe could take that fantasy element almost out of it and still have a very substantial, enjoyable story. so that's probably very freeing, i think for for a lot of writers,
0: oh yeah. Yeah, because I'm thinking like I guess it depends on how how strong they want the like that fantasy element to show up. It's if they want you to concentrate on the character development or on the storyline more than, and it's just like the, this is just the environment, this is just the world, versus if they're really making a big effort, if the world, the fantasy element is going to play a much bigger role then maybe they spend more time on it. Yeah. And
1: I think sometimes I know, I know just working with writers over the years that, you know, sometimes characters come to them and situations come to them and, and that story is kind of playing out, you know, their, their characters are telling them what the story is. And sometimes that element just kind of sneaks in there that suddenly, you know, this person, Oh, 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 they're a witch, you know, or
0: whatever. (laughs)
1: It's like, you know, and, and then, for the writer, it, it takes them off on another tangent. But but yeah. I know they're surprised sometimes too. And I think like I said, I, I think it gives them a lot more room to work unless you're confined to building this otherworldly realm, which also works too. I that's yeah. great too. But it's a different approach.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean <laughs> writing a sing- single book versus a trilogy versus the short story versus a novella. It's that and all think, plays a part. Yeah,
1: and I, I think a lot of fantasy writers too. I think particularly fantasy, maybe more than science fiction and horror. I think that sh- the shorter stuff, whether it's a novella or just a short story or a, a novelette, it's kind of a testing ground. Mm. Uh, does this kind of idea work? Because you know, I, I'm sure as you read this, that there were stories that said, "Hey, this could be more to this." You mm-hmm. know, th- this story or these characters could be expanded. And I always feel like sometimes fantasy is a, a good. The short form is kind of a test for a writer is, well, I'll see how this works. And it works for a short form. Maybe it can expand from that. Yeah. Whereas the science fiction, you're either working with a huge cosmic playground to deal with from kind of the beginning um, or, you know, it's short. Martha Wells is kind of with her uh, Murderbot novels. They start, they were all novellas, okay. uh, you know, and, and she was one of the few, I think, science fiction people who, actually was working in novella form uh, for the first two or three of those that she did and then into a novel. So, but mostly when you're working on that scale, it's you're not just even t- thinking one novel, you're thinking a trilogy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot, you yeah. know, a lot to get into and a lot to explain. And I think fantasy, people used to think fantasies were big, huge, you know, dynastic things. And, and, and you know, no, it's not.
0: It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that's one thing that um, people are becoming more familiar with now, especially with all these other forms of entertainment. You know, it depends on on the preference of the reader. But yeah, I could see where the author ultimately has to say, there might be more to this, but let's kind of like, see how it goes. Like, because I, there's like, I, once I you even were... wonder,
1: you know, with, with now, because of streaming and, and all of that is... I'm wondering if people as a whole mindsets is, is thinking more in mini series instead of maybe Does this make sense of where, you know, six episodes, which that could be six shorter things that could stand alone. Right. Whereas I think before just culturally we were brought up either whether you were reading, you were reading a book yeah. or you were watching a movie. And I think mm-hmm. so maybe just the fact that people are more inclined to, you know, a younger person who's more exposed to episodic, Type of things, I think, is, you know, that maybe that's just something that I've thought about watching myself.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point, too, because I just, with the world of streaming, it's like, you know, I think it reminds me of, uh, with James Cameron with the Avatar movie coming out, there's the Way of Water or something like that, where he was making a comment about, I think the movie is like going to be almost three hours. And, and he was like, you know, he's like, I, gotta, you know, people binge watch, episodes like Five hours of of a show like in one sitting. He's like, I don't, I don't want to hear people complain. But I was like, you can take my bathroom first... breaks in yeah, exactly, Jamie. exactly. <laughs> that's the one sad. thing that I was. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Was like, oh, wait, but no. I can pause. Yes,
1: you can pause. That's it. Exactly. You might I can watch pause.
0: That. I can go. You know, refill my drink. Go get a snack. Like that doesn't cost you me money. Kids, <laughs>
1: you know, <we> can <laughs> save the kids from the tree outside. Whatever it is that you're exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. No, I, and, it's different
1: and, than going, and especially that's the kind of movie you would want to see in a theater and you're going like, well, I hope there's two intermissions, James. And I hope right? there's of bathrooms <laughs> there because, but Seriously. yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I have to admit it's like, you know, although I, you know, I love film and theater um, especially theater. That's really my initial background was in theater is, but you know, the, the ability to sit there on your own sofa and hit pause when you need oh, to, yeah gee, I think I'll go make a sandwich, Paul. Or if you're going like, man, this is great, but I'm just, I got got to go to bed or whatever,
0: you know.
1: And it's funny too. It's like most everyone I work with is younger than I am, and so a couple of them are still got younger children. Of course, I'm dealing with grandchildren, Mm -hmm. you know. And so that's another little influence in there. Is like you know, you know, with 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 streaming stuff, you can you can catch it still after the kids are in bed, you know, or or you can catch one episode here and another one down there,
0: you know. Exactly. No, yeah, that's what we're we're on right now. My husband and I, we have our we have our list of shows, and after eight o'clock, after the kids are in bed, then we're like, okay what do we need to catch up on? Like how much yeah. time do we have? Like if it's like the end of the week then we're like, okay, we can stay up a little bit later. And
1: yeah. Everyone I th- that I work with, they're all into stranger things. And I, okay. I'm not, I've never watched everyone. says, Oh, you should, watch. I'm going to, say, I'm like my people create these
0: things. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, we just it's been like, to, it's... you know,
1: it's been like, we, we do actually have a water cooler come to think of it, but we don't <laughs> have it. But it's like, Everybody was like trying to catch up because like one person had had seen all of it. You oh know? right. And then so like, have you seen? Me? Okay, I can't with it yet. Yeah, yeah right. I <laughs> it's all like, it's, and it's all like, well, I can't watch it until after you know I get the kids yeah. in bed. You know, I'm going like, okay, I'm glad I'm past that. I'll, yeah. yeah I, spent, uh, I spent a couple of weekends, of uh, extended weekends recently, taking care of of a, a almost four year old and six and a half year old as a single parent. Mm. And let me tell you. I'm going. Boy, I'm glad I did this when I was younger because yeah. I could take it for days. But man, ah, it's different now. So it's
0: hard to keep up with them. After, hey, I am like in my mid-thirties, and I, I sometimes it's hard keeping up with them, or like I just, yeah, because sometimes I just want to like, if, if like I can sit and I can like either read my book or just relax or just have like five minutes to to just decompress. Yeah, because yeah, like I work from home mostly. That's what then, the
1: bathrooms for, Megan.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> What? My, hu- my hu- they're still knocking on the door, going, "Mama, mom, like, mom, mommy, mom, are you in there? Mom, like, mom, like, mom, like, mom, are you? Yep, like, mommy, are you going poop? I'm like Logan, like, just give me my pr- privacy, please. I'll be out in a second. But they don't bother my husband. He'll spend uh, like 20 minutes in there. They don't, they don't even. They don't care. Don't <laughs> like, mom, mom, mom. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, uh, yeah,
1: I thought I was past all of that, but I have a cat and I swear okay. <laughs> You know, it here comes the cat. What? Even now with no all my kids grown up with their own kids. And speaking of the devil, the cat just walked in. So yeah. there you go, right on you. Going, it oh, hurt you. The cat also like, Facebook, what? <laughs> yeah, the cat if I get on like Facebooking with the grandkids, it's like the cat will hear their voices and literally come uh-huh. and jump up, and, like you know, say hello. I'm going like uh-huh. oh. so then they're interested in the cat. They don't want to talk yeah. get <laughs> like, the, cat okay. the phone, By the way, you know?
0: I'm here too. You know <laughs> that's so sweet though. But yeah, no, I am in the we are caught up with Stranger Things too. I would I was kind of going off of that. I think it it kind of falls in line with um your literature that you're used to you know, reading up on and th- your collections. Cause it is like the dark fantasy, uh, you know, and horror. And seems like the seasons get darker cause the kids are getting older. So, you know, I, I mean, I recommend it, but I, I guess, yeah, you don't have to worry about spoilers cause you didn't really, you don't really care. <laughs> and then like sometime when you, maybe sometime down the line where you do decide to hop on it, then you might not even remember what anybody was saying anyway. So yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> it might work out um so yeah just, just a few a, the one
1: thing i i recently watched i watched the uh the obi-wan series on disney oh how did you like that and uh if i were a 10 year old girl my life would have been changed
0: oh gosh because yeah. it much, i mean
1: although it's concentrating on obi-wan it's really about princess leia at age 10 i yeah. mean you know and and so i was just thinking because You know, it was was a great little actress and she really was just would expect Leia to be a 10, you know. And you're just going like, man, if I was a little girl again, I just would have this I just would have loved this so much. Yeah. I liked it like it was, but I just thought it was so great because there's lots of little girls out there that are going to watch this and think just that as I can be like that. You
0: know? Yeah, exactly. Like look better late than never, I guess. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> Things have improved in many respects. So there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We got to we got to count the wins as we get them. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so, well, I was going to ask you like a two-part question, but we kind of went over it. It was like the most challenging and then the most like enjoyable parts about this process. But you kind of, is there anything else that you want to like add on to that? Because you did kind of touch upon it.
1: No, I, I think really, um, I guess, and again, like I said, since things kind of changed in my life in there in the way, I think especially when I, I you was know, thinking about this as I was finishing it up, um, was how much I enjoyed doing it. Mm. It was kind of a hey, I hope I get to keep doing this kind of yeah. thing. Because you know, when when you're doing this big change, you know, you're going like, Well, maybe I should just forget all of this stuff. Maybe mm. I should just you know, this is like, you know, this is one thing about modern life is hardly anyone stays with one career their whole life, you know. And and you know, so you know, I started out in one thing and I started out in, in in theater. And then I I was like a full-time mommy person and, you know, was then heavily into mommy oriented volunteer stuff, you know, and Mm. then I got into, you know, the, the horror stuff and got into, you know, editing and, you know, so I'm basically, you know, already gone through three careers
0: and, you know, I'm
1: saying to myself, maybe it would just be easier if I just completely switched gears and just said, Okay, I, I work now and at this, you know, and and leave all of this behind. And I I think it was it kind of renewed my faith in in doing it, you know, and that, yeah. that enjoying doing something. And because it it's it wasn't a chore; it was all enjoyable. And I think I was <laughs> I was just saying like, yeah, well, you know, here I am changing gears, and you know, it, and like I said, just like doing this, I was telling somebody at work, um, I was telling them about that those. Folks that weren't such great interviewers that I've interviewed, I said I, I don't really enjoy doing this. If you just don't want to grin and bear it anymore, you know, it's just like no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, How can I you knowledgeable like you is fine, but you know, oh, okay. if you're, if you're pre- pulling teeth with someone, it's not, and you know, so no, yeah, I, know it, I think mean. that was probably the nicest thing was just realizing, it. hey, this was this was good. It, it was hard work. And you know, yeah. I, but it, in the end, I felt like, hey, I, I enjoyed doing this, and I hope I get to keep doing it. It's, it's,
0: yeah, it's just like a little reassurance, like kind of like a reminder too. It's like, no, like you you enjoy it, and I think it's just because it takes the time that it takes. And yeah, you know yeah. that I think a lot of that because that's I'm kind of you know that's resonating with me a little bit because of this, like you know, reading and writing reviews exactly. and, and yeah. doing the interviews, and it's it's a lot of time management. Plus, like I this is like a side project. I got like a full-time job and I got the two kids. And and so, and I also just want like time, you know, I want to be able to like how you were saying earlier, like read leisurely where I don't feel like I have to finish it by a certain day, you well, know, so that I can yeah, stay and, on on topic. And yeah. I, I
1: think you're probably like me in the respect. I know when I was like reviewing just a lot, great deal. Um, I always felt like, you know, you have a responsibility, you know, it, that you have a responsibility. And, and, and with these, years best thing I feel this responsibility to like I said cast that net as wide Mm. as possible and read and read and read and I do know people that do similar things that intentionally limit their focus Mm. and say no I I don't read that periodical because it doesn't do such and such and you're going Mm. yeah this book I took a story from that for this yeah they they did but oh no I, I don't even consider such and such because and and I'm going like Maybe if I wasn't like crazy about that, uh, <laughs> it would be easier if I didn't feel like I had to do so much. But it's the same thing I'm sure you feel like with with reviewing that you feel like, you know, you do have to read the book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that you you know, it's it's I always feel I, I have read, done before, uh, you know, if I, I have reviewed the same book for different venues with different readerships. Yeah. And I very much feel like you're presenting what you're recommending or not to who's going to read it or not, you know. Yeah. And, you know, so you take the time and the effort to do that. Whereas I, I guess some people don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I I very much feel like like you should. And I maybe that adds to your burden and mine too, of, of <laughs> because it's the way we do things. Yeah. You yeah. You have to you have to have the good part to balance it. So it's
0: okay. No, for sure. And and you know what, it's just I, I realize that about myself is that if I don't have anything to read, I feel a little bit weird because I do a lot of reading either uh, while I'm working out. Like if I'm on like the machine, it's easy to just like stick my e-reader there and plug away. And then the time passes by before I know it, it's been yeah. like 45 minutes. It's great. And I, I, I guess like, I hate um, going on the machine without something. And so now it's like, I can't help, but, be like okay do I have a paperback or do I have an e-reader <laughs> book to read <laughs> like because if I have a paperback then it's like okay I gotta like shift a little bit to to make time and yeah and it's no it, everything you were saying like totally resonates it's just like a lot of time management a lot of you know burden is an, a- an apt description um yep. even though I don't want to say I, I I hate the negative connotation but it is it's like an obligation and it's like you know you don't want to you don't want to slide either way.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's just like what, what you do, and I'm sure you found this too. It's like, like you said, reading for pleasure suddenly isn't, isn't the same except, and I wasn't, was not surprised to find this out it's, I for pleasure, just for, if I, it's, you know, it's like, I'm just reading, you know, the bedtime book, maybe that I'm not on a deadline on is it's like okay, I read yeah. nonfiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big history buff or biographies or whatever and okay. so now it's like my pleasure reading is just it's it's you know <laughs> that side of stuff and the historical I was, stuff i was that's talking so funny. to somebody once a, a fellow editor and she said me too it's you yeah. know maybe it's, it's, it's a secret of, of people but uh yeah it, it's kind of a suddenly like you know reading you know 16th century english history or something is is relaxing instead yeah, right. of you know the opposite so
0: oh that's so but, funny. Yeah, funny
1: too it's like you said you you know, when you're working out, you're you know an e-reader thing, and uh, people ask me, it's because I I tend to ask for review things. I would prefer a PDF um, mm. because, well, for one thing, I that's portable on any device yeah. that I have. I can stick it on, you know, taking the, the you know the, whatever, whether it's on the pad or you know on on my, my phone. You can read on your phone, yeah, right. <laughs> Or you can read it on the big screen. It's you know easily transportable instead of just being stuck with just your Kindle. Or just whatever, yeah. you know? yet at the same time, I found like I I enjoy reading, and I do not know why. Maybe maybe there's reasons, but science fiction I like to read on my Kindle mm. for some reason. That's it's an enjoyable form, and I'm thinking, well, why don't I like reading fantasy as much? I'm going like, there's always a map. and it's hard to see the map on your kindle oh that's that's
0: so true and and i hate to read like
1: like i said i hate to read history you don't have your genealogical charts and stuff. It's just like, no, I want. I or it reminds
0: know. me of like, if you're, if you're listening to it on an audio book, then you, you miss out on the visual. You
1: can't flip back and forth. No. You can't flip ahead. You can't check the bios in the back. You can't check the index if it's nonfiction. Exactly. So it's like, depending on the kind of book it is, I'm developing over the years. Like, okay, I like this on my Kindle. I like this in paper form, you know? Yep.
0: So, yeah. No, the, um. Right there with you, yeah, because i I think i I'm a visual learner, and so if i if I need like an odd like if I'm caught up on my podcast, for example, or if I want to read like if I find an author from the advanced copies that I like, if I meet them and I really like their book, I might go see what else they have, yeah, and then I, I can I, just yeah, do that audiobook
1: doctor, want to read all of it, yeah that you really like, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, and I'll do audiobook or like some of the the non stuff, I'll do audiobook where I feel like it's, it's okay if I zone out a little bit, <laughs> you know, where it's like a way I could just like, I can rewind it 10 seconds and then like, it'll be, well, and the
1: audiobooks bit. is like, I, I was working with a guy, he's a huge reader, but he never reads, but oh. he devours audio books and, and he runs, that's his, exercise, his form yeah. Of yeah. exercise. And he puts his, and he, and he reads tons and hours, tons hours, of yeah. Books. As he's out running, you know, one thing that he has is like he likes series books, but he gets very disgusted if someone doesn't finish their trilogy or their whatever. <laughs> and it's just like to to one author who I really liked, I really and I recommended. I said you really will like this author, but he hasn't finished. It's like I think six books. Oh and no, three are done. And I said, but don't hold it against him. He, and he, he loved it. And sure enough, he loved the book so much, and he says, "I hate you, I hate you, I hate yeah. you, I hate him because the books aren't done." And it's not fair. And I'm never going to do this again unless all the books are done. <laughs> because, yeah. Right. You know, if he likes something, like you said, he wants to read everything that this person's written. You know, I says, no, no, never going to do it again. So but and I, see, the I that can't you imagine win. audiobooks don't do anything for me. I mm-hmm. my sport is my exercise is swimming.
0: Oh, OK. And it's can't not really have headphones. Not <laughs> a good place to, to try listening <laughs> to
1: things. No. and And they have tried developing all sorts of. Sure things that none of them would work you know no. so you know but uh but so yeah swimming is not a good recreation to try to read unless
0: you have a, like a, your own private pool where you just like have it on the speaker system but then it's like now, you want to listen go. to music probably I don't know
1: well yeah because you know a lot of people if you got your own pool you have speakers actually underwater you know that's probably mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. a good idea so yeah I, I've got uh, a friend with a pool I'll have to ask them yeah know, I've never <laughs> thought of just piping books into your right
0: pool and music. right that, that'd work. be so funny, though. It'd probably be strange to get used to.
1: <laughs> it's weird because part part of the thing I like is Some kind of people say, isn't it really boring just swimming back and forth and back? And I'm going, no, because it's kind of like um, if I were a writer, it would be great because your imagination can go.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: so on one hand, you can do kind of a meditative thing. I mean, you can think things out. You can... You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, like people with run, who run or anything like that, that's like
0: therapeutic, you know, it's like, you know Yeah, just...
1: it's the same type of thing. It's just that you can't really read or listen to
0: anything while you do it, but you know, <laughs> it, it probably would work. Probably. Would yeah. Work. Maybe no, it's the I... next big
1: thing. Swimming. In the <laughs>
0: <beach>. <laughs> Might be onto something there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So last question. So I know you've got a couple things coming out what's what's next for you
1: the next one is it will be in october will be the next the third volume of use best uh dark fantasy and horror
0: nice that will
1: be coming out then and then um i will be gearing back up for the next one of these which may come out a little earlier next year i think we were it, it was really a challenge for the publisher um because they don't want the two of them coming out too close together sure sure and yet at the same time i had to have enough time to get this done
0: and any kind of
1: year's best it's really really hard to to finish it up because there's always stuff you know after the end of the year that you know you're you're looking for so um you know first of january is the absolute earliest that i can get can do this you know so you know that's that's where that comes from and and it's just a matter of um you know, I can't, they can't, they don't want them too close together, but at the same time in October is the traditional, yeah, you know, dark month. And so that's, <laughs> that's pretty much stuck in there. So, so yeah, yeah. For right now I have, like I said, that's coming out in October. And at this point, uh, you know, hopefully that will come out again next October. We don't know yet. And I do have this on the slate will be next July or August again. So okay. I will be finishing up another one. Uh, <laughs> I am working on it even as we speak almost. Nice. Um, but I, it is nicer this year to start being able to start at the beginning of the year. And I don't know if as a year, you have this thing of when the new, next year, when it's 2022 and you start getting the 2023 books, you start feeling you're immediately behind. Uh,
0: I feel behind right now. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of, um, I don't know. I feel like summer is just really, it's the, really the hot, the hot season for a lot of releases. And so I mean, like, right around now, um, like, July, August, September is when a lot of releases, and I just try to get ahead of it as much as possible. But, yeah, even, like, I might, you know, in a couple months, I might get something about a 2023 release date, and then I'm like, well, like, hopefully there will be like a gap I think I remember last year there was like a gap between like November December where people weren't really releasing stuff around that time and so I oh, had they were like trying to
1: get get advanced copies to you in the fall instead of waiting because they know exactly you know, the, the holidays come in there and you're just
0: shot so oh yeah like all the offices are kind of like up in the air and yeah the publishers Yeah, so they, it's yeah, yeah it's yeah, I mean, like everyone said, down the supply chain is like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like domino. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like I said. You you start seeing. I'm like, oh god, I haven't finished this year. Next year's starting, you know. And so, it's yeah. like, Oh, it's crazy. So, I don't. It's it's like now. That's another nice thing about getting stuff in a format that I can just stick in a fo- folder on you know the computer is. Yeah. I used to have a setup of when I had a bigger house and. You know, now I don't even have that many, and I have books in every room as as it is. So (laughs) let me, I'm sure I have more books than anyone else anyway, still. But I literally, and I still have it, it's a library cart. (laughs) fellow reviewers told me about this. This is, you know, buy a regular professional library cart, and as the books come in, put them there. Yeah. And so you got them in a place of the new books, and you can kind of immediately do triage of, no, definitely this one is, you know, not but you know and I'm going like it really worked when I was you know for a period in there I would get like 40 to 50 books a a month advances and you know things like that and mm-hmm. just keeping them you know in some kind of order of what you're trying to do you know so I don't have room for that anymore so I like it. <laughs> uh, and people say well I'd love to send you a print book and I say you know I will just maybe lose it uh, you know or <laughs> And I do. I, I I now that I have this, you know, I, it's when I moved into the smaller place, it's a much better system. Twenty twenty two folder, twenty twenty three yep. folder, whatever. Yep. And whereas, in, instead of being able to do those piles and keep things, you know, lined up on the library card or whatever, I can keep track of it. I'm I'm now at that place of where it's like I need to get rid of books, not get more of
0: them i think i had to buy like a couple more little uh, shelving units and figure out a system to to because i i i'm right there with you like i i do enjoy the hard copies but i'm running out of space so
1: well i'm sure you're like me too is that you know when you're a little girl you just loved reading and you just thought it would be wonderful if you could yep. grow up and people would give you <laughs> books and you'd be like maybe living reading books right.
0: not
1: much of a living admittedly
0: but uh, right and, but yeah, so- and, and the
1: dream turns into a nightmare megan exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're living it. We are living it real I, I do
1: have a picture somewhere. When I was doing research for an anthology, it was a, a swords and sorcery uh, anthology. And uh, it was like I had a, at the time I had a baby grand piano in, in the bigger house. And literally, this was stuff that, well, one editor had sent me back copies of, it was just a great help that he was so nice to do this. You know, this big of a stack of back copies of, of Blackgate, and then just stacks of old anthologies, because I had to just, You know, there was looking for a particular thing and I just had to get all of these books. And it's like this entire baby grand piano stacked up with, you know, nothing but sword and sorcery short stuff, Mm. you know, (laughs) and I'm going like, and this is where I am now. I've still got got books when I was doing so many reprint anthologies, just, you know, on on a week to week basis, almost. If I got rid of something like two months later, well, we want to do a theme anthology about that. (sighs) You know, if I had 12 books about trees, and hadn't, they were dust covered, I'd say, well, I'll just get rid of all these books about trees. Two months later, yeah, of course, somebody would say, well, we're going to do a tree anthology, and I'd have to go out and rebuy all those
0: books. Oh, no. So, <laughs> the universe just saying, uh-huh. Yeah, so
1: now that I'm going like, okay, definitely this is slowed down now. Now this is just doing maybe a couple of things a year. I now have a whole bunch of books that I can rethink and get rid
0: of. There you go. It, you, get, you eventually found a system. <laughs>
1: yes. The system is this. You might want to write this down.
0: Yeah, yeah. there we go. Okay. okay.
1: The children will grow up. Mm-hmm. They will go away. Yeah. You will be left just you and your husband in a house full of books. Yeah. <laughs> and you will say, let's move, dear. Yeah. You will, you will then either have to sort through all of those books and figure out something to do with them, or you will just creep away in the night yeah. <laughs> and leave the house and abandon it and go off and live in the <laughs> room. Uh, it's
0: like, do I want to pack this up? And, you know, yep.
1: It's like my children now all have, uh, one of them at least has, uh, the grandchildren all now have their own big bookshelves growing in their Aww. rooms. So it, it goes on, but it's, yeah. it's uh, you know skinnier yeah, yeah. books so far
0: <laughs> there we go <laughs> that's the key that's yeah. the key um okay Paula garan thank you so much always it's such a wonderful time yeah everything. yeah thank you so we've got um the year's best fantasy volume one coming out august 16th thank you you know we'll we'll keep an eye out can't wait to you know see- get to talk
1: to you again this fall
0: And there you have it. That was Paula Garan uh, talking about The Year's Best Fantasy Volume 1. You can check out the show notes to see links to order the book and also to follow her on social media. Um, And while you're at following social media, please follow the Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club to, you know, stay up to date on book reviews and interviews and all that good stuff. As always, rate, review, subscribe, and thank you for listening.